Okay. Before we watch a little video, if you look at the uh, front of your church bulletin program there, there's this quote that I started with last Sunday, and I think it's a good launching off point for us this morning, once again, as we're in this series on loving the church. Loving the church, right? And, 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 and for some, that may seem very cliche, very familiar. And others, you may be like, what? I, I didn't know the church was something to love, right? Look at, look at this quote by Joshua Harris on the front of your, on your bulletin. It says, even though the church played a big part of my life growing up, for many years it didn't have a big place in my heart. And, and we talked last Sunday a little about this quote, right? The church, I, by your actions this morning, I can see that church plays a part in your schedule, in your life. You're here. Many of you are here faithfully. Many of you come Wednesday. So, so I know that, that in varying levels, church is a part of your life, right? But the question for us in this series, the last three, four weeks is, is the church a big part of your heart? Do you love the church? Do you love the church? And, and so we've been in the series really trying to understand this word church biblically. What is this church? Well, if I'm supposed to love it, what is it? And so, so let me ask you, church, person, place, or thing? Church. Oh, we have a D, all of the above, okay. Persons, okay, persons, persons, place, thing, all of the above. Okay, little, little, little opportunity. Persons, place, thing. All of the above. Don't know, and I'm waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> see, see, it's very important because your answer to that is directly related to your relationship to this thing we call church. See, I grew up going to church. I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church. We went as long as I can remember. You had to be there. We were there. And if there was a big football game at 9 a.m. Saturday, we were there Saturday night. But we did not miss going to Mass. We had to be there. So I grew up going to church. I can still go to a Catholic church, and I have it memorized. I have the order memorized. I know when to kneel. I know when to stand. I know what to say. I can still do it with my eyes closed. Because we went every week to church. It was a place. Is that church? We just go to church. Okay. Then I became a believer, and I figured, oh, okay, it's not just a place to go to. Then it was emphasized, you got to give, and you have to serve. So then the, the next level, okay, we just don't go, honey. We have to serve. We have to give. We got involved in youth ministry, and little by little got open doors to, to full-time ministry, and 20-plus years later, here I stand. Because at some point in my life, Church wasn't just a go-to, it was a go-and-serve, be a part of, right? I don't know if I loved it. 
I don't yet know if I loved it. I was doing a lot, but did I love it? Did I love it, right? And then, and then as I grew up, as a young believer, we were involved in this home group. On Friday nights, of all nights, a bunch of college kids and olders, on a Friday night in San Diego, would gather for worship and Bible study and potluck. And in that context is where I learned church as people, believers. It wasn't dependent on a facility that we went to. It wasn't even dependent on what I was doing to serve or give. It was believers who were gathering on Friday nights to worship God and love one another and share a meal. And out of that, in the issues of life, we would share our lives, we would laugh, we would cry, we would pray with one another. I understood at a very personal level this thing called church. This thing called church. And, and, and so, yeah, in many ways, it is all of the above. Church is a place we go to. There's nothing necessarily wrong with saying, this morning, I'm going to church, right? 105 East Topatopa, we meet, okay? The church is the people, right? Remember this? Come on now, you got to do it. Here's a building, with or without a steeple, open the doors, the church is the, the people. So turn to the person next to you and say, that means you, right? That means you, that means you, right? And... And we've been, you know, lack of a better word, you know, that definition of noun, person, place, or thing. We've been learning the last several weeks that, that the church is, is, is a thing. That's just no disrespect intended. We've seen in, in your outline there, right, we've seen it's, it's the bride of Christ, right? We see it's the building of Jesus. He's going to build it. It's his building. And last week we saw it's the body of Christ. So there is sort of this general sense that the church is a, is a thing. It's a living organism, Okay, it's not just an organization. See, on October 4th, when we get together, because the law requires us to have an annual meeting, that's the organizational side of us. We're a 501c3. We have requirements. Annual meeting is one of those. That's organizational things. We don't tend to emphasize that because that's not what the church is really about, but it's a legal thing. We're an organism. The church is a living, should be vital, should be healthy organism, the body. Right. And we saw last Sunday that in order for this body to grow. Who has to be a part of it? Everyone do this and do this. <laughs> we see in Ephesians very specific. We'll look at it again later. The body of Christ grows. The church grows by what every part contributes. Every part, not just a hired gun. Not just the people behind the mics. Every part. So if your desire is for Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship to grow spiritually, to mature, the real question is, what's my part, Lord? What part do I play? Right? And so we've been in this series. We're going to look today specifically at what it means when the Bible says the church is the household of God. The household of God. What does that mean? Okay, so it's the bride of Christ, right? It's the building. Church, Jesus is building his church. It's the body of Christ. This morning, what does it mean to be the, the household of faith, the family of God? Okay, so we're going to watch a video, and then we'll jump right in. When you hear the word home, what comes to your mind? 
What do you think about? Do you think walls? Do you think doors? Do you think carpeting, chairs, a roof? Do you think condo, pool in the backyard, that kind of stuff? Or maybe when you heard the word home, you thought of things like family. You thought of your wife, your husband, your kids. You thought of your mom and dad, the talks you had around the kitchen table. You thought of the meals and the conversation and the laughs. You thought of the tears and the hard days, as well as the good. You thought of the people, not the stuff. You thought of the love, not the walls. You thought of the dreams and support, not the bricks. That's really what home means to us, isn't it? It's not about some structure. It's about the people. It's about the family. It's about love. So, hey, question time. Think about your church. Is this church your home? Is this church to you just bricks and walls and chairs and songs and sermons, or is it your home? Is this the place where you come every week like you would a grocery store, like the bank or the library, or any other place that's part of the errand list, or is this church your home? For you, it's the place you come to worship Jesus Christ with others. For you, it's the place you're challenged to grow in the Lord. It's the place where you belong to a community of believers who know your name and who care for you. It's the place where you roll up your sleeves and do your part. It's the place you sacrifice and serve in to build up. It's the place you pour out love. It's your family. It's your home. Bibles, go ahead and open to First Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter Okay, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your church. Thank you for what you have been teaching us these last several weeks about your church. And, and Father, uh, it's such a familiar word that I, I really pray that, that uh, our familiarity wouldn't be a, a hindrance or a block to, to allowing you to speak to us through your, your scriptures, your truth about the church. And Lord, that it wouldn't just be a big part of our life, wouldn't just be a, a, a blocked out section on our, on our schedule, but that the church would have a big place in our heart. We would love the church as you love the church. And in loving the church, Lord, uh, we would love one another as you call us to. So, Father, as we look at what your word has to say about being the household of God this morning, I ask you to uh, teach us through the uh, power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And then, Lord, that we would not just be hearers, uh, but doers. And in so doing, you would transform us and continue to build and transform uh, this local body called Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Although I hope to come to you soon, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, 
to Timothy, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. All right. So so Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, God's people, there's there's a certain mode of conduct that we're to have as the household of God. In John chapter 1, you don't have to turn there. It says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. So in those two verses, you see that once you become a believer, once you become a Christian, you become a member, a child of God. You become a member of the family. Right? First Timothy calls it the household of God. Right. In Ephesians 2, 19, it says we are members of God's household. What does that mean? What does that mean to 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 be a part of the family of God, to, to be a part of the household of God? See, there's a simplicity in these verses that doesn't necessarily require a whole lot of in-depth original language teaching. What it does require quite honestly, is some time on, on all of our parts to just take some time to reflect and meditate and let God really challenge us on, Lord, do I really accept that you say I'm a part of the household of God? Or is church still more of a place I go to? Is it still more of a place I serve and then I leave? What does it really mean to be part of the household, to be a part of a family. Now, here's the thing. In, in our culture, I know that, that, that the word home, like the video said, even the word family, you know, the family has been so, so fractured, you know, so broken, that, that when you come to, to a place like this and we say, hey, we're the family of God, we're the household of God, some people don't resonate with that really well. And in fact, that might even scare some people. That might, that might even create initial resistance. What God wants to do in, 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 in phrasing that way is to create this, oh, yeah, I'm part of something, Want, wanting to draw you in. Just that word family and home can create some anxiety, some insecurity, some fear based on human experiences in your home or your family based on people that, that, that you thought you trusted and said they loved you and said, hey, we're family, and then they backstabbed you. Hey, we're family, and then they, then they kind of just manipulated and got their way and you, got, you just kind of were left hanged, right? So I'm sensitive to our, 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 our challenge to, to work through and say, okay, Lord, despite, despite or in spite of or help me lord with all these experiences i've had with with family and home on the human level help me to understand what it means to part be part of the household of god today and moving forward and there has to be a lot of grace extended because we've talked about who is the church made up of imperfect people turn to the person next to you and smile right Right? I told you before, if you find the perfect church, don't join it. Why? Because you'll mess it up. Because you're imperfect, right? So, God, it doesn't mean that God doesn't set an ideal. It doesn't mean that He doesn't set a standard. It just means that as we pursue it collectively and individually, we always have to give each other grace. 
We always have to understand the church is made up of people in the sanctification process. People that sometimes are cranky. People that sometimes don't say nice things. People that sometimes, you know, are, are snappy. Why are you looking at him like that? Right, you know? Right? People, people even, even at a potluck might inadvertently hurt your feelings. That's just the church. It's just made up of, of all of us in-process people. So there's God's standard. He calls us to, to a certain conduct in his family, but we always give each other grace. Amen? We just, we just understand we're all in process. No one here has it all together. We're just in varying spots. And God says, okay, all you people in process, you're a family. You're in this together. Okay? And like I said before, there's no, no one in here is, is, is unnecessary. You're all necessary. Okay? Despite our imperfections. So, let's look at what it means. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Let's look at the early church to get an idea of, of what it means to be the household of God in the context of the first church as the church was being birthed. What was going on there? Acts 2, verse 42. We'll start there. This is the early church, right? Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Boom. Supernatural work. People are getting saved. Believers start to gather, right? Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles' All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, so keep your finger there and then you're going to turn to 1 John. All the way back to the back of the Bible. Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John. Okay. 1 John, chapter 1, verse 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. All right? So, key word to understand what it means to be in the family of God, the household of God, is fellowship. It's fellowship, Okay? Some of you are familiar with the word koinonia, right? In fact, what's interesting, it, there's a sign out front. What's the, what's the fr- uh, sign out front say? Oh, hi, Valley, what? What does that mean? Oh, hi, okay, I get the oh, hi. I get the oh, hi, Valley. I get Christian. What's the last word mean? Why did we even put that in there? Because you're supposed to. Because it would have just sounded funny, Ojai Valley Christian. 
Is fellowship just a synonym for church that we just tag on because we need to make it sound cool? What does that mean? Because here's the deal. Just understand this. That sign outside and you walking through the door voluntarily in some parts of the world will get you killed. It just will. In some parts of the world, every Sunday Tyler hangs up that sign would be a huge risk to be seen hanging up that sign. What does that mean? Ojai Valley, okay, kind of geographic, right? It's geographic. Christian. What's a Christian? Follower of Jesus, right? The word Christian, right? Christ, I-A-N, is a suffix, which means belonging to. So a Christian, that word means belonging to Christ, a follower of Christ, one who professes Christ, put their faith in Christ. That's how we're saved, right? Saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone, right? Fellowship. What's that? Okay, so Ojai Valley, okay, in the Ojai, there's geographic, a bunch of followers, people belonging to Christ are gathering here. What's this fellowship word? I know they have a lot of potlucks. Ojai Valley Christian potluck. Is that what we are? Are we just about social? Is that what fellowship is? Potlucks, retreats, laser tag, bowling. Is that fellowship? Is that, is that, is that what that means? Ojai Valley Christian Social Club. Loving each other. Okay, very good. That word koinonia, okay, let me just let me give you some, some tips. At, at its core is to have in common. He is have in common, okay? A, 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 uh, an illustration of covenant would be a marriage covenant, right, where two people willingly decide to enter into the marriage covenant, right? So now they, everything is shared what? In common. You can't have my thing and you can't have your thing. Biblically, the two become one, you have everything in common. It's a, it's, I love this definition. It's a joint participation in the necessities of life. Isn't that awesome? I love that. So koinonia is to, have, to share things, to have things in common. In the covenant sense, it's, it's, hey, we're in this together. It's joint participation. Okay? Now, you're like, okay, I kind of, okay. Don't gloss over that. Because many of us, because of the culture we live in, which is very individualistic, which is very self-centered, which is very me-centered, we bring that into the church, and you hear often things like, you go, why do you go to church? Because I get fed. Because I like the music. Because I like the pastor. Because there's nice people there. Oftentimes, our view of church is all about what we are getting. It's me-centered, I-centered view of church, which is... Not fellowship. When you become a member of the household of God, when you are baptized into the church, you know what? It's a we. It's a we. And the blessings I receive, which we many of us do, are a byproduct of the commonness. Do you guys understand that? In our culture, we're so like catering to self, 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 that that's what church has become. Feed me, please me, meet my needs. And God's like, no, no, no. Ojai Valley, 
Christian fellowship means those that gather and are in covenant with this local body, we have things in common. And the first thing we have in common is a vertical covenant relationship with God. And as we walk with God, we have fellowship and covenant with each other. And then we share our lives. What do you mean? Well, we help people move. Right? We help people move, right? We drive people to appointments. We get wheelchairs if we need to. We bring meals. It's just, it's just, it's not anything special. It's just part and parcel of what it, what comes with the gig. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We, we, we have to understand that, that joy and blessings and all of that, those are all byproducts of jointly participating in what we have in common, which begins with God, which begins with Jesus, and then flows out into our lives. We have to keep it right. So when people say, hey, what is Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship all about? Well, first and foremost, we're about growing in our love for Jesus, love for God, and growing this way. And as a byproduct, there's a lot of joy here. Amen? I mean, meet and greet. Right? Fellowship. That's all byproducts, guys. It's all, it's all, it's all byproducts of, of our, our sharing our lives in common. Sharing our lives in common. As my kids, you know, I have five kids. And as they have grown up, we have every once in a while, we have a family meeting. So if something is on my heart, on my mind that we need to discuss, I'll, you know, I'll walk in the door and whoever happens to be nearest, I'll say, hey, Tierra, family meeting, round them up. So she goes through the house and generally we've done this since all the kids were little. So they know family meeting means pause, push, play, stop, whatever you're doing because dad needs a chat. So we oftentimes we get the family meeting, we get get everyone on the couch, including the dog, right? And <laughs> right, and and part of as as the part of the parenting uh, process that I've gone through with my kids is helping to understand what it means to be part of this family. What it means to be part of this family, and I've shared with them, hey guys, God has blessed us, right? You get to enjoy a lot of privileges. You go to the fridge, there's always something there, right? You, you can have cars, you know, God has just blessed us. So, so there's a lot of privileges we enjoy as part of this family. But then I tell them this. There's also responsibilities that everybody in this family has. And generally they know that that's a prelude. Oh, here we're going to talk about chores. That's generally what they know. That Okay, it's the chore talk again, right? But what I'm trying to, and what we've done with our kids, my, my heart in having these meetings and explaining to them was like, look, we are all in this as a family. All in this. We all enjoy the blessings to whatever degree God has blessed us with. But we also all have responsibilities to get this family to function daily, weekly. Right? Mom can't do it by herself. She's working. Dad can't do it. We all, as a family, have responsibilities to make this house function. You don't do chores because you get allowance. 
You don't do chores because dad's going to be upset that you, you, you didn't and you're going to get you know, some kind of consequence. No, my heart in, in raising my kids and reminding them over the years is that as a member of the family, you enjoy privileges and blessings, but you also have responsibilities. As a member of the family. That's the exact same thing that God says to us. As, as the family of God. You enjoy the blessings. Amen? You laugh. You, you, you build relationships, right? We, the blessing of this facility. The blessing of what happened at the fellowship hall. The blessings of donuts. Right? All that kind of stuff, right? There's so many blessings we can enjoy. But he says, but, 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 but. There's also responsibilities. There's also responsibilities, my children. Right? And so before we talk to the responsibilities end, I asked Wes to kind of share his heart on what God has done with him as being a part of the family of God, and specifically maybe with the men. But the blessings and, and, and the joys he has received in the two, three years he's been with us as part of this church family. Come on up, Wes. Thank you, Wes. 
I, I got a kick out of watching um, Wes and Steve. I, I, I wish Steve was here uh, at the, uh, the retreat. Because, you know, you know, if you know Wes, Wes, Wes coming all together. Wes, Wes is generally the nice car, keeps it all clean, everything's just Wes. Wes has got it together, right? And then you got Steve. <laughs> you know, Steve's like, pshaw, 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 right? And so at the retreat, uh, Steve just lovingly needled Wes to no end. And, you know, there's an ongoing joke about Steve wanting the master room and Wes just saying no. Right, it's like, it, and and what it became, in a very loving way, was a, a younger brother, just needling the older brother, to no end. And it was a joy to sit back and watch, watch that. And and Wes, I, I think you'll be okay with me sharing this. Wes shared with all the guys that were there. He said, "You know what? I never had brothers, and now I do." And 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 I knew what he meant. You know, there's brothers in Christ, which is the church term, cliche term, because we're supposed to say it. And then there's brothers that needle you to no end. <laughs> that that you, you get past the attendance level, you get past the serving, giving level, and suddenly you're like, yeah, man, you are, aren't you? Our relationship deepens, and, and we begin to share things in common we understand god says we have it in common and 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 sunday mornings is a starting point it's a starting point this is in common and then you come wednesdays you have more in common you serve you have more in common do you you understand what i'm saying much of the church programming that we do is just to create opportunities to have things in common and then you build relationships and suddenly you go i kind of like this guy i kind of like her She, she, she is my brother she is my sister yeah they can call me yeah, I'd be willing to do that. And that's kind of where we are in, in trying to understand this, this idea of fellowship. We have things in common. One of the great joys to be a part of the household of God is to share our lives. What do we have in common? We have a love for Jesus, a faith in Jesus. That's the starting point. That, that is the starting point. A commonality, a common shared in faith in Jesus. What else do we have in common? We all struggle. Amen? What else do we uh, have in common? We blew it this week. Anyone? Okay. The person next to you blew it this week, if you don't want to be honest. Okay? <laughs> right? We share things in common. And, and, and that's the basis of our fellowship. Right? So, so when you understand church as the household, the family of God, you have to understand biblically there is no I'm just an attender. Biblically, there is no, I'm just a spectator. Biblically, there is no, you know, they're in and I'm out. No, when you put your faith in Jesus and you become part of the church and you become part of the family of God, you're in. You're in and God says, not only are you in, here's your responsibilities. Here's your responsibilities. Because here's the thing. Okay, we'll close. Turn to Ephesians 4 and we'll just pick up on this next week. But I want to close with Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Last week, we talked about the gifting, and God has given us all gifts, right? At least one to be used supernaturally through the Holy Spirit for the what? Common good. If you're a believer, you've been given a gift. Not to hoard, not to use just for yourself. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, you have been given a gift for the common good, the household of God. 
He put you in, and he's put all of us in the house. He put all of us in the family. He said, you got this gift, you got this gift, you got this gift. Now you are to use it for the common good. Right? Now look at Ephesians 4, verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by what? Every, that's you, that's me, every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as what each part does its work have you ever thought of church like this if you don't do your part you're stunting the growth of this local body if this is your church home or whatever body you covenant with you ever think about it that way according to those verses as each of us does our part the body will grow. Let's flip that. So what if we don't do our part? What happens to growth? Stunted. You ever think about that? If you don't use the gifts that God has given you for the common good, and if you don't build each other up, if you don't give of yourself, you can be stunting the growth of this body. It's a radical change, isn't it? From being all consumed about my growth and how am I growing and what am I learning and feed me and do this. God's like, no, 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 no. If Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship is going to grow and mature and become Christ-like, every part has to do its work. And if every part isn't, you know, you have a car that's just not running right. It's like something. So I, I, I want... I want you, we're going to stop there because in this, in the simplicity of, of God's work, okay, and not, not, yeah, we're a family, yeah, we have things in common. The challenge for me was, was not to go do too much today. And, and in fact, I'm sitting here going, really, we're going to stop? Yeah, we're going to stop. Why? Because I think we need time to really digest and meditate on what it means to be part of the household of God. To have things in common. To realize that if I call Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship my home, I'm crossing a line. Not with Pastor Richie, but with everybody in this that calls it their home. Do you understand that? If we call this our home, our church home. We're not just attenders. We just don't claim it. We just don't give. We just don't serve. If you call Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship your home, you're all in. We, we, we're all in common in this. And that's covenant. That's covenant. It's very real and it's very practical. From appointments to agape meals. By the way, thank you for reminding me. Doris needs a few more meals, so we're going to extend agape meals for Doris through Wednesday. Through Wednesday. 
So please see Susan afterwards. Um, and thank you very much to those who uh, provided meals for Doris and Cindy. And they are both doing well. So you have blessed them, okay? But as a family, the starting point is koinonia. Much more than social. It means we're all in. We got things in common. That's the starting point. And there's a simplicity to that that I just, I just got to tell you. You got you to let that resonate. You, you got to let that resonate because a lot of us have a lot of church background. And it was a place that we went to. And then it was a place that we served at or gave to. And now God's like, no, it is, you're a part of. And you're a joint participant in. I think that's enough to kind of chew on for a week. We literally are all in this. We have the common with Jesus. And out of that fellowship and out of walking with Him comes our common walk with the Lord. Amen? We're going to take communion. And I, and I love this verse. Turn to 1 Corinthians. Because communion brings us all the way back to our common faith in Christ. And that's why we do it every week here at Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. 1 Corinthians 10. First Corinthians 10, 16. And gents, you guys uh, serving communion, you can head on back. First Corinthians 10, 16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation? That same, that's the same word for fellowship. A participation in the blood of Christ. And is not the bread that we break a participation, a fellowship in the body of Christ, what we have in common, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. You know what that's saying? Is hey, when we celebrate communion every Lord's Day, it is a public affirmation, it is a public proclamation that all of us as believers are united in Christ. That is the foundation, that is the source of what we have in common. That's why we do it Every Lord's Day. Why? Because every Lord's Day, I don't know about you, but my life gets kind of crazy during the week, and I need to come back to the communion table every week to remind me of what's really important and what really matters and what really unites us. And it's what Jesus did, and it's our faith in Him. Amen? So let's pray together, and then we'll take communion.